Wake up, sleepyheads. It's party time! Yeah, this is the old Nooser coming at you right here on this fine, fine Rocktober morning. It's the sweeping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and I'm going to do it to you right here, right now. Wow! That's right, ghouls and goblins. It's party time! Halloween style. And what better way to do this than do a special Freaky Flex episode dedicated to one of the greatest Halloween films you've probably never heard of. But if you have, congratulations! You are a true horror fiend of the demonic swords welcome to freaky flicks this is jesse drackman on the mic thanking you so much for tuning in for this wonderful halloween special we are you know talking about some great movies for halloween but in all honesty there was only one that could just come to mind one movie that personified everything i love rock and roll and Halloween and horror all rolled into one. I'm talking about the 1986 hit Trick or Treat. Phenomenal movie. If you haven't seen it, change that attitude right now. Stop watching that Disney crap that you've been watching. Uh, Stop watching that Tupperware Halloween stuff you've been watching and get down and nasty with some pure cheese mayhem. Trick or Treat is a phenomenal movie uh, about, well, I don't want to give too much away, but it's about a demon, music, a confused kid, a kick-ass heavy metal soundtrack, Gene Simmons from Kiss, Ozzy Osbourne playing a reverend. What more could you possibly ask for? I'm talking about a character that was... uh, More metal than Freddy Krueger could possibly imagine and want to ever be. The character Sammy Kerr, this demon rock star that comes back from the dead to unleash havoc upon a a small town. And look, I really hope you tune in and enjoy this episode. It's a fun one. It's a great one. Uh, I thought it'd be appropriate to bring back a good pal of mine, writer extraordinaire Jake Reddy, uh, who's going to help me talk about this movie, um, because he's quite a wealth of knowledge, and uh, yeah, obviously we want to talk about some fun facts, but also talk about just the, the pure brilliance of this film. And uh, look, I hope you guys are having a great Halloween. In my world, every day is Halloween, right? Uh, but man, look, this weekend, fantastic, get crazy, get your corpse paint on, go, you know, scare the shit out of the neighborhood, get some candy, watch some horror films, but man, you don't really need a time of the year to have that excuse to do that, right? You could do that every day of the year, 365 days of the year, you could get down and get spooky, right? But hey, here we are, Halloween. 31st of October, and we're going to talk about one of the most underrated, cheesy horror films that uh, many of you have never seen, but that's why we're here doing this show, 
so that you hear about these great movies that you've never heard of and I compel you to go forth and watch these films, okay? Trick or Treat is one such example. I loved it and I'm going to talk to Jake about it. So without further ado, make sure you like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends about this show. Let's build this thing. Let's get freaky. Let's spread the freakiness out there and enjoy my trick or treat Halloween special on Freaky Flicks with Jesse Drackman. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Indeed, not yet. Or as Nuke would say, rise and shine, sleepyheads. It's party time. It sure is, man. It is party time. A little little bit of Gene Simmons quotage here in in honor of the episode. Mate, how could you not, right? Well, yeah. Um, Man, welcome back. This is great. Dude, yes. Thanks for having me. I'm very, very psyched to be talking about one of the best 80s horror movies ever. I know, right? And it's like one of the best that probably a lot of people haven't seen. So that's why we're here. We're doing this. We're bringing the party. And I'm pumped. I'm so pumped about this one. So I thought I, I got to have my pal Jake back on this one. because Yeah, uh, well, don't, I mean, yeah, it's I, 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 I would have uh, I would have sent you money to talk about this episode, <laughs> to talk about this movie. So. <laughs> It's not too late, mate. It's not too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shoot, shoot, shoot me your bank details at the end. <laughs> you got it, mate. You got it. <laughs> so, um, dude, look, before we get into it, um, I've been watching uh, your exploits of late in the lead up to Halloween. You've been watching some killer horror films, uh, some pure gems there that I uh, went, holy shit, I haven't seen that one yet. So how's your, how's your lead up to Halloween been? Yeah, good man, good, good. We um, so we've we've just been doing. Um, I did up a program this year for like just theme days for uh, each of the weeks leading up to and just after Halloween while we're we're on holidays. So we've just been uh, knocking off a few things here and there, watching a few old gems and watching a few new ones. So we just finished It Follows, and nice. uh, tomorrow's tomorrow's Freddy Friday, so it's nothing but Nightmare nice. on the Street. Ah, <laughs> uh, and. Do you have the the Freddy's Nightmares TV series? I do, I I've got I I've man I've been after that forever and I've got a I think everyone has. We've got a DVD that was a US release that's got like I think I want to say three or four episodes on it. Wow. Um but yeah man it's so hard to find. I actually have found um my partner found a dude that's got um, he does like a, a bootleg version on Blu-ray that's, you know, kind of broadcast TV quality. Yeah. So I'm probably going to take, bite the bullet and, and grab that one. Cause it's like, it's the only way to find it. Like, yeah. I would have, I would have really would have thought that they would have just released the whole series. Like they did the Friday really... the 13th TV series, but yeah, no love, no love for Freddy's nightmares, which kind of sucks. Which it's it's like uh, ridiculously unfortunate because I you know what I did see of it was great you know uh, it was cheesy it was fun um, well it was I I really dug it like because I I yeah. remember like the old VHS um tapes of it that had like the um sort of embossed kind of covers and that and seeing the yeah. videos well, they were really fucking cool but um 
I, I really loved it, man, because it was like it was very Tales from the Crypt, but with Freddy. Like it was pretty yeah. much the exact same format as Tales from the Crypt. Like each episode was like some mm-hmm. weird nightmare morality tale yeah. thing. And, you know, you had Freddy at the start and the end, like yep. presenting it and, you know, doing the bookends on it. And it was really fucking cool. Yeah, but, I got the um, same vibe from it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot more than the Friday the 13th TV series, which kind of pissed me off because it was like, uh, it's Friday the 13th with no Jason. It's kind of like Jason goes to hell, but worse. <laughs> yeah, I I heard that and I um, I did hear that and that scared me because I was like, yeah. how can you do a TV series without the guy that personified this title? Yeah. I, I feel like I should probably because re- look look man I have not seen the Friday the Thirteenth TV series since I was a kid and I remember at right. the time hating it because like no Jason it's like you're a kid it's Friday well, the Thirteenth you fucking yeah. want to see Jason right but yeah I should probably revisit it I'm, I yeah. might be being a bit too harsh on it but I remember not liking it very much because it was some weird thing around Crystal Lake yeah. with first objects or some crap like that and, mm. yeah. It's no more harsh than, uh, yeah, it's no more harsh than, say, you know, that first reaction when you realize there's no Michael Myers in Halloween 3. Yeah. (laughs) You're kind of like left unfounded going, what? I, I, I am not down with this revisionist history that Halloween 3 is some sort of un appreciated gem that everyone seems to be going on with. Cause I oh mean, I've tried to watch Halloween three so many mm-hmm. times and I just mm-hmm. cannot get into it at all. Like look, no, no shots fired at Tom Atkins or anyone else. No, they're, not at all. They're man. Great. Tom Atkins they're, they're doing a good job. Like Tom Atkins yeah. is fantastic and everything, but mm. I just can't get into it as a movie. I'm just like, yeah. I'm like what, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I, like, what am I, I watched what am I again. Possessed yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I gave it another. Uh, yeah, look, I, I had a bit of love for it because I, I tried yeah. to watch it without that hatred in my mind of no Michael, no Halloween. Yeah. So I kind of watched it with a bit more of an open mind and I gave it a bit of love. But at the same time, I kept thinking, what were they thinking? Like, there's got to be some absolute behind it. But I, yeah, I, I was yeah, left I... a bit perplexed. I, I could I could sort of get down with like you know it's not as bad as everyone thought, but they, I just I just keep hearing all these like really hot takes where it's like oh it's it's genius it's it's one of the yeah. best Halloween movies ever. I'm like yeah no nah, it's really not like nah. But you know I love Halloween Resurrection, so what the fuck do I know? Like I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm there for Buster Rhymes and Kung Fu, man. Like that's, oh look that's... at least you didn't say <laughs> Halloween Five, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I. I Halloween, wow. uh, yeah, Halloween four, five, and six. I still, yeah. I'm like, hang on, what? Uh, this, this is this is my problem with Halloween fans is that they'll they'll hate on Rob Zombie's Halloweens, which I love, but then I know, like, right? They'll be like, Halloween four, five, and six are fantastic. I'm like, really? I I just can't trust your taste in anything, dude. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like this is a discussion we're gonna have to um, engage at some point about the Halloween series. I, yeah, I yeah, like oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 so. I will, I will die on the hill of defending Rob Zombie's Halloweens. I love them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I was, I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised and thrilled with. I knew he'd do a great job of it. I loved the the whole prequel angle of. Oh man, his yeah. take on Halloween. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah um, ab- absolutely, man. I look yeah. and and I love how he tried to revisit the original scope of original. 
later on after the prequel section. And I thought that was kind of cool. But, uh, you know, it, it's very hard to sort of match up to the original standard. That, that... Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But so, I, I, I yeah. really, I, that's what I really, I loved that he like gave Michael like, some depth and yeah you know, like a bit a bit of humanity really because it's like michael's yeah. very much I, I i feel like zombies zombies halloween sort of separated like gave you a very clear separation between like michael and jason because like you know yeah up until that for me like they were very because you know they're both silent dudes they're big they kill people yeah you know, but um, yeah, and I mean, Halloween too, man. That is such a great exploration of like PTSD because I, I don't feel like we've ever really seen a lot of that explored in that depth. Like the survivors of a slasher movie, like you yeah, know, usually absolutely. like your final girl kind of wanders off into the sunset and isn't seen again or is killed in mm-hmm. the first five minutes of the next movie. But yep. yeah, man, I, Halloween too. Oh my god, yeah. And um, I yeah. really believe, like, and well, if we do a Halloween episode, we'll get into this later on. But I think Brad Dourif should have won every Oscar in the world for his performance in that movie for the like the director's cut when he finds oh. his daughter dead is just like, oh my god, that just rips your fucking heart out and stomps on it. Brad Dourif, period, man. Yeah, he's man, just... he's so oh. he's a gift. He really to... is. He's a Again, gem. He he's another one for you. And we're an off topic here, but that's fine. But Brad Dourif. <laughs> The Exorcist Three. Oh yeah, dude! Right, dude! Right, right. <laughs> See, I, yeah, we're, we're on the path. Yeah, absolutely, this good. This, man. This is good. So, um, so with with Freddie, you know, like we've talked about Freddie, we've now talked about Michael, but uh, Freddie, I, he's kind of like, uh, he's going to lead me into the conversation of. Freddy versus, you know, we, we've seen the movie Freddy versus Jason, but what about Freddy versus Sammy? Yeah, see, that's a Sammy tough one. Sammy Kerr, that is a right? Because, yeah, I a mean, lot, lot of love for Sammy Kerr. Sammy Kerr. Dude. Is... Hey, you. Damn straight. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the, the 1986 classic Trick or Treat. Oh my god, where do you where do you want to start with this film, dude? Oh, dude, I I love this flick. I mean, and this this was one that was a total VHS store find for me. In right. I want to say like because you're you're a passionate VHS collector. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I've, I mean, yeah. It's just it's a big nostalgia wank for me from like when I was a kid. You know, roaming the aisles. But I want to say I saw Trick or Treat. Um, Shit, man! I think it was it wasn't when it came out because this this one just completely snuck up on me. I think I saw it around ninety three or ninety four, right. um, yeah. and dude, like, and it was just I I saw it. I feel like I got it at that sweet spot when I was really getting into metal, like when I was like yeah. really getting into like Alice and Ozzy and you know Twisted Sister and everything else. Because like you know I'd sort of. I I heard I was like into poison and stuff when I was like in mm-hmm. primary school and stuff like that. But then I sort of like really went and discovered a lot of the classics when I was in high school. Yeah. And yeah, man, this movie just hit my sweet spot. It was like, it's heavy metal and it's horror and that shit is like peanut butter and chocolate. It is heavy metal and they, horror is uh, the Reese's peanut butter cup of entertainment. Like it is I couldn't agree more, man. Best. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It, for me, it's like an overloaded Nutella set. Just, mm. you you just can't have enough Nutella on that Sanger. No, no, um, no. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, for the, for me, that that's beautifully said. What you've said about it, and like, 
you, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it's the perfect uh, bond of heavy metal, horror, and just killer, just killer all over. Wrapped uh, in dude, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like a perfect movie that accompanies that period of time. Like the, you know, the it parents against it, rock music, yeah, censorship. Yeah, and then you've got, and the it feels demon. like this movie was a big response to that. Like it, it was, felt like it? this really. Because you've got that scene in there where, like, Sammy's testifying against, like, with Congress and that, which is totally just a complete, like, D. I don't Snyder know. moment. Yeah, it's it's D. Snyder against the PR PMRC. Like, it's, it's yes, a complete like, um, oh shit, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I am a writer, right? <laughs> um, I should be able uh, to think apparently, of this. we are. <laughs> you, you're like me. I, I you, you know, you know what you want to say, but yeah, I know, I know what the word is, but I'm on holidays, so my brain's just uh, stopped working. But it's a complete, right. uh, like, just like a, um, uh, not parody, but yeah, it's it's yeah. very much, um, a, a copy it's a reflection of that. Of that. Yeah, it, yeah, it is, and it's you know, if anyone's never seen that that moment in life where D. Snyder takes on Congress, uh, goes to Congress to take on the the the. I'm not even going to replay that pronunciation, PMR or whatever uh, you call PR, it. PMRC or PRMC or something. Yeah, Al yeah. Wife. <laughs> yeah, basically, who had a bone out of joint about kids enjoying heavy metal and thought that the lyrics were profane and, uh, you know, incited uh, uh, irresponsible behavior and blah, blah, blah. Stuff. Yeah. So to see that moment reflected on film, uh, with Sammy Kerr was just brilliant. I thought that yeah. was a stroke of genius. Yeah, really absolutely, was. absolutely. And I feel like this is this is one of those movies that's um, it's not uh, it's not dated, but I feel like it's very much time stamped. Like this is one of those yes. movies that is just like a perfect encapsulation of like the horror scene and the heavy metal scene in yeah. like the late eighties. Like it's very absolutely. much like you know this is what that time was all about. I mean, um, how cool all the posters on Eddie's wall, like oh, man, Judas right. Priest. Like Eddie's and, bedroom. Like, oh, it's, you know, it's Megadeth, Metallica, Judas yeah. Priest, Iron Maiden, Twisted yeah. Sister, Wasp. You know, um, funny, funny we mentioned Wasp because... Um, I know where you're going Blackie with Lawless was originally yeah. going to play Sammy Kerr, which would have been fucking crazy. I know, right? Um, would have been pretty mental. I think... Blackie Lawless as Sammy Kerr would have been a pretty damn good fit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I mean, I, I look I, every time I look at like um, Tony Fields as Sammy Kerr, I just think it's like Nikki Six, like fucked Freddy right? Krueger and had a baby. Well, like he looks like Nikki Six, man. <laughs> I I actually got more of a Tommy Lee vibe. The, just yeah, the lankiness of yeah. it and his body movement. Yeah, a bit of parts. yeah, total, totally. It's like, but it's I, like I, I know it's across. It's Clone definitely across Nikki between Nick. <laughs> yeah, I agree, I couldn't agree more. And his movements on stage were, uh, yeah, you could tell he was a dancer. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was a little bit painful to watch in certain parts. Um, like bad lip syncing um, of the worst yeah. kind. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean that's the only bad thing I've really got to say about the film. Um, yeah, yeah, really uh, gore. But look, I can deal with it. <laughs> But, um, man, Blackie Lawless, uh, yeah, it's funny about that because I read up on that and, yeah, it was um, quite interesting to see that he was not interested in the film um, 
especially when he found out he would have had to lip sync to Fastway. Yeah. Wow, dude. Like, I mean, I would have been quite happy to listen to a uh, Wasp soundtrack for, oh, for that movie. Yeah, but... I could have gotten, I totally could have gotten down with that, man. Like, I, yeah. I just think like, yeah. But I mean, look, not, you know, Fastway soundtrack was Fastway ruled. It was that, so good. That soundtrack like, ruled. Like, I'll confess, I haven't heard the other three albums that they put out, but that one was a banger. Ne- neither have I. I'm just like, no, like, I, I feel like, I feel like I probably should check them out at some point, but then I'm like, guys, like the trick or treat soundtrack is like perfect. So yeah, it was you could have like that movie. You could have done nothing except that, yeah. and you would just be yeah. locked in time as being immortalized awesome for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, fun fact about Fastway. Um, I don't know if you were aware of this, but um, the the singer of Fastway ended up um, going on to be the, the singer of the band Flogging Molly. Holy shit! Really, I did not know. True that. story. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I was, I was completely blown away. You know, I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Wow, that is cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. So there you go, man. Um, but dude, that soundtrack ruled. Like, uh, I thought it was killer. Um, it's oh, man, interesting. It's, like, yeah, it's it's a staple. It's a staple Halloween listen around here. Like that that soundtrack. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's but, kind of interesting, don't you think? Because, like, um. You mentioned Gene Simmons earlier, and of course we'll mention Ozzy Osbourne. But the the, the interesting thing is, is that you had two of the biggest rock stars at of the time, yet not a single note of their music in the film. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, it's, it's is bizarre. that a copy? Is, is is it a money thing? Maybe I I would. I would hazard a guess, um, and you know, not to be disparaging about mm, our good friend mm. Gene, but I would hazard a guess to say they didn't have enough money to pay Kiss. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I was wondering. We know we know Gene's all about those dollar dollar bills. Um, well, I was but, thinking to myself, uh, how, how much of a budget did they chew up just for that uh, few? He was in for. Well, yeah, apparently, um, I I had read somewhere that he was offered the role of Sammy Kerr because apparently Jean was also a big target for uh, Tipper Gore and all her friends in the PRM, the par- Parents Against Metal, let's just call them that for brevity's yeah, sake. Yeah. Um, yep. Because of the whole, you know, blood spitting thing and the whole demon persona mm-hmm. on stage and that apparently he was a big target. So they actually approached him to play Sammy Kerr and he didn't like the script or something like that. But he, I mean, it's like Jean... Um, I've seen your other couple of movies. Like I've seen Wanted, Dead or Alive, Runaway, and Never Too Young to Die. Um, picking scripts is not something that you should be particularly, you know, no. precious about. Um, it's funny those, they do touch on that. Are in all book. fun, but you know, yeah. it's like, Gene, um, mate, you're not much of an actor, but okay. Um, I think but... there was there was a bit of reasoning behind why he was. It was, it was like just trying to get his foot deep in the door of how, of yeah, just, uh, doing whatever. But, uh, yeah. look, um, I, I think, uh, yeah, it was, um, but apparently, yeah, he, he didn't like the script, but he agreed to do a cameo as Nuke as the DJ, um, and like sort of based it on Wolfman Jack or something like that because he was a big fan of him as a kid. So, yeah, which, you know, it's cool. Like, Gene's, honest, I think he's great in the movie. Like, I, I think I so do too, think man. He's, I do think he's really good in the movie because it feels like he's not trying to act too much. He's just kind of playing a version of himself, which I think really suits him. 
I really do. And he looks great in the film. Uh, and oh, yeah, yeah dude, like that cowboy say, hat. Plays, like, yeah, it worked. <laughs> it's I, like, I, I mean, personally if, think if, the cowboy hat should have stayed on. Oh, dude, totally. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wanted that cowboy hat. Like, it's like, if I was yeah, going to cowboy hat, I, w- I would rock that. I would totally, yeah. I, I, to this day, like, you know. <laughs> it's a but, hell of a um, hat, man. It is. It's very cool. It's very, very rad. I feel like it's kind of a precursor to the uh, Al Jorgensen, Rob Zombie days that were, that yeah. were coming around the bend. But it's, it's pretty cool, like, how this, uh, you know, the film, I mean, it's such a supernatural film. For, you know, and at a time when there was, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street had had hit and, uh, you know, we were inundated with, um, you know, demonic movies and such. But this one really sort of hit the home run in the fact that it was just so, as we mentioned before, encompassing of what was going on at the time. It was like a real social statement, you know, with yeah. the, um, the fear of the 80s. Um, really a bit of satanic panic. Um, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it really um, – And I mean, this it's, it's funny because I, I feel like, you know, maybe people wouldn't really get it nowadays. But, um, I don't think so. At the time, man, like if you were a metalhead like in the mm. 80s or even the early 90s, you were a bit of an outcast. Like you were kind yeah. of like, you know, you weren't – it wasn't – well, for all of us it was cool, but like to everyone else it was kind of like, oh, no, like, you know, they're, they're freaks, they're weirdos, you know, they they listen yeah. to all that fucking death music and probably kill their pets and shit like that. Exactly, but that was which you know nothing could be further from from the truth. But um, you know, in the eighties, that was a thing. Like it was not that was the socially acceptable to be a metalhead. And and like just the whole the whole play where they you know bringing a dead rocker resurrected through you know playing a a record backwards. I mean, dude, yeah, which was so cool. Like that was so that was so like you know. Because that, I mean, that was also the big thing back in the day. It's like you know, all oh, heavy metal bands are hiding messages, and if you play the record backwards, like you, yeah, you know, it, like Ozzy was accused of that. Exactly, I think Judas Priest were accused yep. of it. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, and I mean, I think having Ozzy in there playing a preacher was a stroke of fucking oh, genius. Like absolute dude, genius. That was like to every metal fan in the world that saw that, we pissed ourselves laughing because it was just it, great. It was, it was pure genius. I mean yeah. and he ad libbed pretty much his whole dialogue in that yeah, film. It was yeah. so good. Yeah. And I mean dude, that bit where that that moment where Ozzy's reading out like the album lyrics. Yeah. You know, do me uh, like a dog. That's a sexual and you're just like fucking laughing your ass off. I know, like, oh, right? Man, it's so great. And then at the end you know rare yes. That little glimpse glimpse at the end of the film in the credits, spoiler alert, when he's yeah. like they're all perverts, you know. Yeah. It's like, dude, ah, because I mean that was unheard of then, man. Like, no, in man, absolutely. Horror movies then they didn't have bloody bone, you know. You'd you'd just turn the movie off. You wouldn't watch the credits, right? Yeah. But not this film. Yeah, I feel Which like that is, was like um, the first like post-credit sequence, or one of them at least. Yeah, I, I agree, and, man. And yeah, probably the best one to this day. 
Yeah, but I, look, I think um, Tony Fields playing Sammy Kerr did a great job. Uh, you know, the, the the hybrid bastard child of Nikki Six and Tommy Lee, um, who it turns out it was a, a a dancer on TV. Yeah, and uh, but man, he looks great as as this demonic rock star man. Like, yeah, he, dude, he looks plays the part well. He looks the shit, man. Like he really, he does. really does. And um. I mean, you know, there's some moments in there where I'm like, you know, my one, my one gripe is that Sammy looks so fucking cool for this whole movie. He looks so yeah. badass. And then there's that moment where his hand gets stuck in a toilet and you're just like, oh, man, come, uh, on, come on. I know. Look, <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert aside, I could give two fucks. So, I mean, but dude, that bit with the toilet, I just went, really? Yeah, Come it's a on, little man. bit. It's a little bit cringe. It's a little bit. I mean, well, it's not. It's not cringe. It's just like I feel like Sammy deserves a lot better. Like you know, I think so too. Like I, yeah, I really I... felt like you know Sammy deserved better than the indignity of like you know getting his hand stuck in a shitter. Um, like for example, I would have loved to have seen like him you know go through the TV Freddy style, and uh, even though he did have a slight interaction with Ozzy with uh, scraping his nails across the TV. Yeah. It would have been cool to see him just jump through the TV and just do a, like a good versus evil type battle against the Prince of Darkness. You know, that would have been... Yeah, man, yeah. Kind of yeah, cool, right? Be... I mean, I, I guess that that's the thing with Trick or Treat. is like, it is it is great and it's... it's Like, it, it's... um Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in no way shitting on it, but it's one of those movies where I just feel like, oh my God, like, if only you guys knew what you had at the time, you could have gotten so much more out of this. Like, yeah, it just, it just feels like, not, not a missed opportunity, but it's, it's so good. And there's so much great stuff in there and so many great ideas. It's such a great, iconic horror bad guy that you just kind of want so much more from it. Like, you're just like, yeah, no, 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 I, 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 agree. I want, give, give me sequels. Give me like, give me mm. like fucking 12 more of these. Like, and it's just unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate that the movie didn't do so well at the box office because mm. de- it, it definitely had the capacity to go forth and give us a sequel or two. Uh, Absolutely. If opportunity was there, you know, I mean, fuck the, it, it. The way, the way the movie panned out, I mean, the, there is no reason why they couldn't revisit it, you know, in some shape or form. But absolutely, that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of a, it's definitely a cult hit now. Like, um, because yeah. like, dude, it's. I mean, the DVD is really hard to find. Like, it's out of print. Um, the VHS tape goes for some big bucks. Um, really? I, yeah, dude. I got given a copy of the VHS for my birthday, and I think oh. it was like around $80 just for the VHS Oh, tape. my God. Um, it's just like, ooh, I'll be fucking holding on to this. Um, yeah. And even the Blu-ray, like it's never been released on Blue, um, except for Germany. Germany did a um, media book of it uh, that had the DVD, a Blu-ray, and the soundtrack. And... Um, yeah, man, I I tracked it down a few years ago, and it took some doing. Like, it's called Ragman over in Germany. Um, oh wow, okay, After yeah, 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 character, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yep. Um, 
but uh, yeah, it's never been never been sort of released on blue anywhere else. I keep hassling Scream Factory every year. Yeah, like every year, Scream Factory put out a tweet, and they're just like, "Hey, what titles would you guys love to see?" And I'm just oh, like, duh. "Trick or treat, hello, can you please just <laughs> fucking put it out and give it like yeah. a special edition treatment?" Like. You know, get everyone know, back, right? do some retrospective docos, like, you know, yes. give, give us some shit. Like, come on. Because, like, they apparently there's about 45 minutes of footage that was cut of um, Ozzy Osbourne's dialogue, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, who wouldn't want to see that? Like, just exactly, the shit the guy came out with. Yeah, yeah, yep, exactly. Like, just... Yeah, it's just one of those movies where you just you want everything. It's just like, look, just yeah. give me give me a package that's got mm. everything. Like, just give me but, all the fucking outtakes. Like, yeah, I agree. But I, I I think a doco would have been appropriate for the film, especially to talk about the social commentary at the time as well. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Another another stroke of genius in this film too was um a very short lived character in the film, but you know um Skeezix. The, the big demon in the yeah. remember in the car yeah. the car with the chick, um, dude, like that was just a whole nod to like Iron Maiden's Eddie and, yep. and Megadeth's friggin' Rattlehead and yep. Sammy Kerr has Skeezix, you know, yeah, like yeah, come yeah. on, give us more yeah. than that brief moment. That's that's exactly it, man. It's um, yeah, it, it, I mean that was just like such a. A blink, not a, but it's like it's literally one scene. It's one tiny little scene. You just like, you know, as a kid, you're like, what the fuck was that about? Was was yeah. that Sammy? Like, is, yeah. Is, is well, he, that's is, what I was left you know, wondering too. It was yeah. like, dude, is this Sammy or what? Like, and you're left sort of, I don't know. You feel a little bit shortchanged because yeah, there 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 was so much potential there to have more of the character in the film. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of like uh you know, Damien's Hellhound from The Omen, you know, like that, to me, that exactly. was my perception. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, it was just such a sort of, um, yeah, just kind of like, again, man, it's like that that sort of unfollowed up on, like, potential that they they never really, um, and I mean, I guess it's one of those things where it's like, you know, man, it was the 80s, like, they, they, they're just trying to pump out this movie, first-time director, like, you know, probably, probably didn't know what he had and, like, didn't know yeah. that this would obviously didn't know that this would go on to become such a cult hit, but uh, yeah, it's just like, oh man, I just, I want so much more of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. And look, I, you know, in terms of casting for the film, like one, you know, one thing you've really got to compliment the, the, the director or well, the casting agents on was just such a great cast of kids. Yeah. Like, I mean, in comparison to like, I, I did an episode recently about Black Roses, a, a similar kind of movie with demonic yeah. rock band yeah. and all that and like you know teenagers you know 20 something kids posing as teenagers yeah and it was bad acting and but whereas in this you know eddie's character well played glenn morgan yeah. as his best mate well played um well, even uh, doug savant yeah yeah i was just gonna say like 
I mean, the the cast in this are really good. And it took me years to realize that uh, Eddie was actually Alex, uh, Michael J. Fox's best buddy from Family Ties. Yeah, I didn't know that till the other day, man. I was just like, wow. Yeah, it took me years. And someone's like, oh, that's Skippy from Family Ties. I'm like, get the fuck out. It is too, because he's such a dweeb in Family Ties. But, um, but yeah, yeah, but he was he was great in this film. And it was, yeah, it, sat, it was, um, you know, it was great that, you know, he could be a cult star in this film, uh, but it was his attempt to do a Michael J. Fox and break out into, you know, Hollywood himself. Yeah. You know, it didn't work out the same way, but fuck, he got himself into a good cult film. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I really thought he was great in this film because it's like he's very believable. Um, yeah, you know, he's got some really funny moments. Um, yeah. You know, he's just got some really like funny, 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 awkward teen moments in there. Like, you know, where he's like mum's bashing on his door. He's like, don't come yeah. in. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, I also think like, you know, he, he really, um, you know, there's that scene after the pool party where they fuck with him mm. and stuff like that. You yeah. Know, even when they like strip him and throw him out into the, the gym and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, you really do feel for the guy because he gives such a believable performance. Like, he really did, he's, didn't he? He's really, you know, this, this shit's really getting to him and he's just yeah. like getting, cause I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of sort of films like this, it's like, you know, oh, he's the, he's the, the put upon team character and you're just like, mm. really, I'm not kind of seen any of it but i think with yeah. trick or treat like they really went out of their way to like establish what eddie's day-to-day life was so that you can kind of empathize with him when he does kind of like go you know what fuck this i'm gonna summon up a demon rock star and you know get some of my own back yeah i agree and 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 yeah exactly i mean he's his role as eddie was believable like i mean if you told me that that that, that kid was not you know a devout metalhead in real life, I would have gone, yeah, right, bullshit. You know, yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. believable. Yeah. Like, I mean, right into the swagger, into the radio station to talk to Nuke. Yeah. Um, just little things I picked up from him, man. The, his reaction when he held the 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 only pressing of Sammy Kerr's last album yeah. in his hands. Like, that was brilliant, dude. Yeah. Absolutely dude. brilliant. Yeah. Even, even I really, and one, one thing I, I really liked as well was the costuming, like his, yeah. his outfits are very, they feel very authentic. They're not, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is some kid that we've dressed up in like designer metalhead gear no. that we've picked out. Like it really felt like he was the kind of kid that like, you know, went and got his shit off the fucking rack. Like so yeah. many of us did when we were teenagers, yeah, man. you know? He's um his look. I I was watching it, and um, a good friend of mine, Aaron Stammer, who's a, a writer for, uh, creator of Maurice and the Metal, the comic book. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I just yeah. I messaged him straight away and I said, "Dude, oh my god, fucking Maurice! This is Maurice. You you need to watch this film." Yeah, you know, um, it was just just the the typical look of that eighties thrash metal. Um, super fan dude like yeah yeah dude absolutely it, it was, was great like, it was just it was very authentic and i mean and another thing i really liked was um what one of the scenes that i really really loved was when uh doug savant's character like you know the the bully i can't yes. remember his name but i love that scene where it's like after the whole thing with the the demon in the car and that and he yeah. goes to Eddie's house to confront him, and Eddie's just like standing on the thing, holds his hand out, and his pumpkins like oh, shoot fire, yes. which is fucking cool as shit. But I really love that the bully character is just like 
look, dude, just stay the fuck away from me. Like, yeah, I, I thought that was really cool that it's like, yeah, okay, I re- you know, because you don't really. I mean, 80s movies, it's like the bully just never really kind of gets it through his head that he's going a bit too far. But I really, like, felt with that scene, it's like, okay, this guy's kind of, like, having some second thoughts here. Which there I was thought, a moment again, of humanity. Yeah, again, like, it, it, it really rounds out the characters and it also does something that you didn't really see. It was something original and a little bit fresh that you didn't really get a lot of in those sort of movies back then. And I, I thought and, it was a really yeah. nice touch. And props to Doug Savant. I mean, you know, great actor uh, in his own right. And, you know, playing that role of a bully just done so well. You know, the good-looking, suave, typical all-American hick. Um, You know, uh, it was just, I don't know, I thought it was well well casted. And, uh, yeah, that moment of humanity between him and Eddie was sheer brilliance i love yeah, it man. I, yeah I yeah no it. it was it was very cool and again like i said it's something something that you know you didn't see a lot of back in those days no like not at all 80s films like no. you know a lot a lot of the bully characters in 80s films were very one-dimensional i mean you know that's what we grew up with we love it it's cool it's you know no yeah. shots but yep you know when when you get a scene like that, that, you know, just goes that little bit more to like, you know, round out the characters and have them act in, you know, semi-believable ways, even if you're in like a insane rock and roll, thrash metal, demonic fantasy movie, um, <laughs> you know, if, even if you're in like this highly heightened kind of, you know, scenario, it's very cool to like see people acting like, you know, the way that they probably would in that sort of thing. You'd just be like, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on with this dude, but I don't want to fuck with him anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just going to go to his house and tell him to stay the fuck away from me, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the 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 other nod I have to give is to Glenn Morgan, who is just fantastic as uh, Eddie's best friend. Yeah. Um, he was so good. He just played that best friend part so well. Yeah, uh, I absolutely adore his line. It's like, yeah, it's a gimmick to get you to, like, fuck up your records by playing them backwards yeah, and buy more. Yeah. I love that line. It was so good, man. Yeah. And, like, and even, I, I really enjoyed his little scene where he was, yeah, by himself in, in the kitchen and just that, that moment with the blender chucking the ice cream, the milk, yeah. the peanut butter. It was just so, to me, I... You know, I, I found that to be stereotypical of every American teenager in the 80s, man. That was, <laughs> yep. you know, chucking everything in the blender and uh, making a fucking mess. You know, it was yep. good. <laughs> uh, man, just uh, great film. And, man, I, I didn't even know. It, it was, um, it's actually 35 years old. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, it would be. It would be for the 30th yes. anniversary this year. Yeah. It is. And it, it it's is. released on October 24th. So ah. it was only you know, a couple, a couple of, days of days ago. And so, dude, all the more reason that this movie needs to be re-released, yeah, remastered on, on Blu-ray. On. Scream Factory, get your shit together, yeah. guys. You, we need, we need the documentary. Down. Yeah, we need a bit of like a... You know, just like a whole behind-the-scenes play. We need just that that forty-five minutes of Ozzy Osbourne magic as well. Absolutely, uh, man. The soundtrack, yes, we need all of that stuff, man. Well, Everything. and I feel, I feel like also it's one of those things. There isn't a lot of information out there about this movie. Not at all. Like you know, for for guys like me and probably you as well, like you know, yeah when you're a fan of something, like you want the doco, like you want it. It's like, I want to know everything about this. Like tell me exactly. everything. 
Like, yeah. Because it, it just takes that appreciation to the next level because you, you understand things like, I, I'd love to see, like, example, uh, a bit of a behind-the-scenes discussion about the creation of the, the, the monster of, you know, yeah. Sammy's sidekick. Um, I'd love to see that sort of shit. I'd love to see the inspiration to bring in the PMRC uh, yeah. scene, you know, all those moments. Um, you know, well, and also right I think it'd be, it'd be, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd love, I'd love to know more about like, you know, who they drew inspiration from for Sammy. Yeah. Like, so I mean, like, I mean, to us, it's kind of obvious. Like we're like looking at Sammy and we're going, okay, I see a bit of, I see a bit of Blackie in there. I see a bit of Nikki, a bit of Tommy, a bit of D Snyder, yeah. like, but, um, it's, it's like I'd the love costume to know. came from the Shout of the Devil era. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, um, it's like, you know, there's there's so, like, so many obvious Motley Crue references in there, but you're just like, I want to know exactly what you were going for. Like, yeah. And also, like, okay, in a movie about 80s metal, why have you only got one band on the soundtrack? Not that the soundtrack isn't absolutely killer and I love it, but it just, yeah. it's so odd that it's like, this is like to me. This is the perfect '80s metal horror movie. Um, it's just '80s metal horror done absolutely right. And it's so odd that, as we, as you said before, like there's no Aussie on there. There's no Kiss. There's no Maiden. There's no Crew. There's no no Wasp. No Rat. Like you know, all these bands were huge back then. And it's kind of like, you know, if you were going to do an eighties metal movie, like you would totally have them on the soundtrack as well. I mean, you totally have like, you know, Sammy Kerr's band, like, you know, you would have his act like their, you know, movie verse music, but you'd also, I mean, it's like, Eddie, I know you're a super fan of Sammy, but do you listen to anything else? Like, you got a lot of posters in there, and presumably they would have had to pay to use the likeness rights for those posters. So it's like, you know, I just why, find it. I find it a strange twist because, like, you know, as I mentioned before, like, you know, I, I I've done my episode about Black Roses, which mm. is a movie that featured a soundtrack with Crocus and King Cobra yeah. and you know all these you know mishmash of um, metal bands trash yeah. bands of that period. So it's like this came out around similar time, so it would have made sense to have some of these uh, these artists, um, you know, to to uh, get the kids excited to sell. Yeah, bit yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the time that, like, you know, soundtracks were big, man. Like, you know, yeah, soundtracks dude. were fucking huge in the 80s, like, you know, right up through to, like, you know, end of the 90s. And, um... I mean, you look at you look at um, Nightmare 3 with um, yeah, Dokken doing Dream Warriors. Yeah. Um, fuck, where, where, where was the love for Sammy Kerr, dude? Like, I know Fastway, yeah. again, brilliant soundtrack, great just a little more variety. Like they could have done a double album even of just exactly, man. Like there could have been so much more in there. Cause it, yeah. And I mean, that's, this is around the time. It's like this, this feels like, you know, it's like, it, it felt like so much stuff was building to this because like you had Dokken in, in nightmare three, you had, um, you know, Alice Cooper in nightmare. What was it? Six or seven? No, yep, I think it was yep. six. Um, I think it was six. You had yeah. like Alice, Alice on there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, metal was like, metal was like big on horror soundtracks. And then like, you know, you get trick or treat, which is like, you know, kind of the, the peak of all that. Mm. And it's like, okay, you just got fast way. <laughs> That's, I know it's, it's um, really weird. Uh, 
I would I would love to, you know, like you say, there's very little information out there in the ether about about this movie and the the pros and the whys and you know, a lot, there's so many question marks about it and that for me was a big one. Like yeah, mm, I was yeah. I was left a bit all baffled in parts, but. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's very strange. And again, it's it's not a it's not a slam at the movie. Like, no, like shit, I, I fucking adore this movie, but like, mm. there's just so many odd little things about it where you're just kind of like, oh, I wonder what happened there. Like, that's yeah. really strange that this movie is so much about this subculture. Yeah, that you feature so little of everything that the subculture is about in terms of you know music and you know like because i mean that's the thing it's like i mean they they get so much right with eddie being such a passionate metal fan because like yeah man look look, you know us 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 guys that love our our metal music like you know we're right into it we're like you know i can tell you every single fucking album that this you know and i can tell (laughs) you like you know and this is why fucking and justice has no base on it because blah, blah 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 um but like you look at you look at even the radio station um was in uh like that that was great i mean that was like to me that was everything that is missing from a lot of radio today you just yeah you need that that character that that charisma yeah playing metal you know yeah i I miss that you know i mean not saying that it doesn't exist today it does but in the glory days of the 80s, it was in abundance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, this is also the time that, like, MTV was big and you had, like, you know, Headbangers Ball was starting to, like, you know, become a yep. thing. And, yep. um, you know, like, you know, metal videos were in heavy rotation and stuff like that. And, I mean, you know, God, I sound like an old fart, but, fuck, I miss those days. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, even, like, the just the, the, the culture, like – this movie just encapsulates so much of it. Yeah, but then, man. But then you've got that super element behind it with the the whole, you know, right down to Nuke saying, uh, I, I'm playing this album at midnight on Halloween, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. And then Eddie taking the record home and, and slowly discovering that if he plays it backwards, yeah. uh, you know, Sammy starts talking to him and, and, you know, communicating through the music. It's like, there's just so much genius behind all that. You yeah, know? man, and... yeah. Well, I really feel like a lot of that stuff just encapsulated and, like, really laser-focused on basically what it was like to be a 13 to 15-year-old kid and in love with heavy metal. Because, I mean, man, I remember what it was like. It was like, you know, when... when when these out like Guns N' Roses were fucking dangerous when you were a kid, like they were dangerous, like Motley Crue, fucking Twisted Sister, ever. It's like your parents were scared of these bands, like because yeah. you know you were going to listen to them, and you know they almost gave them this sort of supernatural power where like you know you kind of snuck the album in, you didn't want mum and dad to see it, and all this sort of shit, and. Um, yeah, I just really feel like that whole supernatural kind of, you know, that the, the, the rock warrior bullshit as Nuke puts it is, is really like that really gets that fucking vibe and feeling of what it was like to be a metal fan at that age. Cause there was this almost like, you know, supernatural power to these albums and these artists where they were 
like, you know, oh my God, did Gene Simmons really like have a cow's tongue sewn onto his? Like, <laughs> you know, all that like bullshit urban legend yes. stuff about these it was artists. All there. Like yeah. it was, and all of that kind of got put into Sammy Kerr. It's like, yeah, he was fucking doing satanic rituals and shit as his hotel room burned down around his ears and stuff. Yeah, and, and um, like... I do. I agree, man. I I think it is fucking genius that they put all that in there because it really it gets that vibe. And it's Mm. you know it's not one of those things where it's like like everyone believes that stuff. But like when you were a kid and you heard that stuff, dude, it was super heroic. Yeah, you're 13, 14, 15, and you're just thinking like, oh, this shit could be true. Like maybe Marilyn Manson did take two of his ribs out so he could blow himself. I don't know. Yeah, but like I mean, even even the nod to Ozzy Osbourne, uh, in that video footage of Sammy Kerr on stage, uh, yeah, biting the, the snake. It's the, like the yep. snake, and yeah. then and then pouring the blood down his throat. It was like yeah. that was brilliant, and it yeah. was it was such a nod to all the rock stars doing similar shit like that because yep. they yep. were all trying to outdo each other. Like yeah, Ozzy took it to the the next level, but yeah. You Ozzy know. did it with the bat. Alice did it with the chicken, you know. Yeah, they all had a go at it. Like, I mean, Blackie Lawless did so much crazy shit, yeah. uh, you know, in Wasp. And, and you know, they, it was just such a beautiful reflection of that time period of the rock stars, of the supernatural, all yeah. rolled into one. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Sammy Kerr, you know. Yeah, exactly. It was, and, and just the way he uh, came out full circle – um, once all the, you know, the little hints and the little teasers happened and then yeah. when he just finally come out, it was awesome. Yeah, man. Except yeah. for that toilet scene. Yeah. But we, we got to talk about that concert that he plays at the school because yes. that's, that is like just, I mean, like, man, when those drums kick in, it's just oh. like, oh my fucking God, I just want to stand on my couch and pump my fist in the air. Like, yeah. But there's another, so there, there's another cool, yeah, there's another cool thing I want to touch on as well. As a, as a rock, uh, you know, as a rock lover and musician, like watching that sequence with the, the band first coming on stage going, hey guys, you know, just real nerdy. <laughs> it was like, Oh my God, this is garage band failure at its yeah. finest, right? <laughs> um, you know, just all the bad sounds and shit. It's like, oh yeah, there's flashbacks galore there of every bad gig you've ever seen. <laughs> but then Sammy Kerr just explodes out of nowhere. And that that moment where he just stands there and the 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 you can just feel the chill of the audience. Yeah, man. As he just starts thumping the side of his leg with his fist. Yeah. It's like Yes, this yeah. is metal. Yeah, it's fucking cool as shit. And I mean, I, I, one of the things I was when I was rewatching it the other day, it, um, I'm just like cracking up because it's like the drummer is so fucking into it. It's just like, oh, yeah, dude, you yeah. get it, you get it. And then you like, you see the two other guitar players, and they're just kind of standing there in their like I know, dad and suit jackets. It's just like, yeah. Oh man, like Sammy should have like fried you two and gotten some replacements <laughs> in here. Like again, was, you know, it, was Bruce Kulick not available? Like, what's going I on? I know, right? <laughs> I mean, again, you know, in a twist of just you know, had there been a, a better budget, etc. Yeah, exactly, um, man. Zap them and turn them into friggin' demons. You know, yeah, like yeah, light them yeah. up and have yeah, them this, sort of zombies or some shit. Turn, turn one of them into Zach Wild. <laughs> Exactly, man. You know, I'm sure he was available back then. So, fuck, you know, yeah. like, 
It would have been cool, but that sequence was killer, man. Like, yeah, it's like just despite the two daggy guitar players, that whole concert is just fucking killer. Like, it is just absolutely yeah. like that is like the peak of the movie. It's just like, oh my god, it doesn't get better than this. This is right. No, like, I couldn't. Agree I would have. I would have been in that audience and just been like, you know what? I would love to be here, even if I'm running the risk of getting blown up by lightning bolts from his guitar, which is just yeah. fucking awesome, by the way. Like, yeah, you're frying people with lightning bolts from your guitar. Like, it doesn't get any cooler than this. But, but uh, yeah, again, man. that's that's the whole supernatural mystique yeah. of everything from the 80s of, of yeah, that, exactly, that time. Man. Exactly. It's just so perfect. It's just so perfectly timestamped like it's it's one of those things it's like an artifact it's like if in a hundred years you are wandering around and someone was like what was being a metalhead in the 80s like you could just hand them a dvd or a blu-ray of this movie and go watch this pretty sure you'll get it yes and once again scream factory please yeah come on guys let's, like, what are you, let's what do are you this doing? like what yeah. are you doing because this is another reason why because this way you can you can have a copy on you um and and hand it to people like yeah, i mean this, needs, this is the kind needs of film to be preserved it does and it's, it's it really funny because there's so many times where like i'll because i i i love posting about like what i'm watching because i just love inflicting my um brilliant taste on everyone on the interwebs um <laughs> i love it i I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed all your postings not, not that i'm super proud of my blu-ray collection or anything but i love posting and so many people are like you know oh my god where can i see this and i'm mm. just like and again you know that's kind of the issue with streaming it's like you know so much stuff especially when it comes to horror there is so much stuff that's not available on streaming services that you really just have to kind of get on blu-ray or whatever and i mean yeah. yeah i'm just like you know fuck man i want this movie to be seen like i will give you my fucking digital code so you can watch yeah. it like you know couldn't agree more like i mean it, it's the, it's the kind of film that yeah a it does need to be on blu-ray for all the bonus extras and stuff but yeah. secondly like um what one thing i love sort of veering off topic a little bit but shutter um they're put- I haven't seen them admittedly, but putting out a lot of really cool docos about horror movies. And I, I did watch one about Pet Cemetery, which is fantastic. Yeah. yeah so oh, why um, not something about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think they touch on Trick or Treat briefly in one of the In Search of Darkness docos. Right. Um, there's two of them. They're both on Shutter. They go for about four hours each. They're fucking great. They are so cool. in-depth. Um, and they're doing a third one and yeah, they basically go through like the entirety of eighties horror. Um, and it's really good. But again, like, you know, you, you get like stuff where it's like, you get like one set, like a segment on a movie and it, it may only be like 20 minutes and it's Mm. great, but you just kind of like, Oh my God. Like I just fucking, there needs to be a doco on every single fucking horror movie out there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There just has to be. Yeah, but you know another really cool thing I, I would love to you know it, again wishful thinking it'd just be really cool like for for a movie that's just got such a cult status that really personifies everything that we've talked about metal and horror and the supernatural it'd be really cool to see the reactions of yeah. Don Duncan Don Dawkins your Nikki Sixes um. 
Olympia could be fucked, you know? Like, yeah. all those guys would be really cool to just get their, their viewpoint and, and say, yes, I get it, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, it, I don't know, it'd just be cool to have the reaction from those guys. Yeah. But um, another another uh, character I want to make uh, mention to is um, the love interest, Leslie. Uh, she was great. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was, like, man. She was really good. In terms of like, you know, the 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 stereotypical girlfriend in a in a horror movie, she was great. Like she was yeah. actually like actually had a bit of depth of character to her. And yeah, I yeah, yeah. I respected it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I really like, you know, that moment where she like hands him back the photo. Um yes. you know, she like gives him back his tape that obviously yes. the jerk off bullies had, had nicked, but um also gives him back the photo. It's just kind of like doesn't make a big deal of it. It's just like, look, I know this is really fucking embarrassing for you. So, like, you know, here you go. I'm yeah. saving your dignity a bit. But, yeah, Again, I, I thought they really gave her a little bit more depth than you usually get from the girlfriend character in, like, you know, essentially an 80s slasher. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, no no offence to the, you know, many of the great characters from that time period. But, I mean, you know, for a low-budget kind of horror flick, this was it was quite well done, you know, and she, you know, that, that moment where she hands the photo back with the tape, I thought was brilliant, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing that makes trick or treat kind of special is that like, it could have just been a cheap ass, you know, exploitation, eighties metal horror flick with, you know, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, it's a heavy metal dude that's fucking killing people or whatever. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, it kind, it kind of is that. But yeah, it's got a lot more depth and a little bit more to say than it kind of has any right to, you know? It's like, yeah. this could have been really just dumb exploitation fun shit. But I think what makes it special is that, you know, the characters are pretty well-rounded. It does have something to say about some of the issues at the time, um, especially around uh, heavy metal music and censorship and a lot of stuff like that. And a lot of those douchey, like, you know, I love that they have so many, like, little Christian moral crusaders on, like, stuff like that, just peppered through the movie is, like, this is in the background. This is like, you know, kind of what you're facing as a fan of this particular music or as an artist performing and creating this kind of music in this time. And yeah, I just think it really, it does a lot more than it had to basically like, you know, it could have just been, you know, it could have just been a lot of dumb fun. And I don't, you know, I've often thought about like, you know, what would it look like if you tried to do this movie today? Um, and it's like, oh, I God. kind of feel like you, if I kind of feel like if they were smart, they kind of could almost resurrect this idea. Um, I, I, I agree. It would I agree. Be difficult because I don't know that that many people buy records anymore because everyone's on fucking Spotify. But <laughs> yeah, okay, there, there is that. I mean, you can't exactly play Spotify backwards, but wouldn't it be cool? The, it, <laughs> it would. Wouldn't it just be cool? But the thing is, it's like it's funny because there is there is a uh, a love for vinyl still. Like there is yeah, a, a passionate vinyl community, and a lot of metalheads do favor their vinyl. Um, but funny, funny thing is also a, a few years back in, in the US, I discovered cassettes are still a thing. 
mm. you know, in, in parts of America. Like people Dude. trading cassettes. I have re- I only come to sort of realize this uh, recently because I'm a huge fan of Ice Nine Kills. And right. um, they've they've just released their new album, but they did like a shitload of cassettes. And I also saw Machine wow. Head are doing cassettes as well. Like, and you can order them from the website. And I'm like, holy fuck, cassettes are still a thing? Wow. Yeah, we in, in my band Dark Soul, we, we actually toyed with the idea for about five minutes about releasing our last album on cassette as well. So mm. um, it's definitely a thing. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. I think, yeah, like the more the more we keep and nurture history like that, the better. Oh man, absolutely! Like you know, that's again, that's one of the things. Like with my with my VHS collecting, is like it's mm. just it's just, and for me, it's like you know, it's the whole experience. It's like you know, sitting down, watching the trailers, the warning, the bad yeah. Pizza Hut ads you know, the whole thing, then you watch the movie. It's just, I don't know. There's, there's something very tangible about the yeah, I agree. and the nostalgia it creates. But, but I um, look, I, I think, sorry to cut you off there, but no, I, no, I no, you go, you go. No, you're right. I was going to say, like, I'm just thinking about what you said there. And I think they're like, you know, I think we can come up with a, a, a bit of a rough idea that this movie were to exist today. Being that there is, a love for vinyl. So it would be cool if, if the, if the album was there, like just buried in some treasure chest somewhere, like yeah. some dusty corner. Yeah. Um, I think that there is definitely plot potential there. Well, and also, also I, I was just thinking, cause I, I was talking about it's and like two things there is like, mm. um, you know, the whole uh, mystique of, you know, heavy metal and everything like that, you know, and mm. I was just talking about Ice Nine Kills. It's like, you know, their, mm. their whole, um, you know, their whole kind of ongoing concept for like their last two albums is, you know, their last two albums are like every song is based on a horror movie. But, yeah. you know, if you, if you watch the videos, they've got this whole um, ongoing story within their videos about the lead singer potentially being a serial killer. Um, right. So, you know, they're trying to like cultivate that 80s kind of rock star mystique thing that, you know, like the whole Sammy Kerr thing and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But also uh, in a more reality based thing is like all that controversy about Ghost a few years ago when they were trying to tour America mm. and people weren't wanting to ban them because they were satanic and shit like that. So, yeah. you know, that little bit of like metal paranoia from you know the conservative groups is still there it's like it's still got a heartbeat it's not as prevalent as it was in the 80s but i mean yeah i guess you know you i think sammy could be resurrected and um you know i think think there's still i think there's still stuff there to play with in a modern context look i think it'd be really cool to have I don't know. There, there's so many things going through my head right now, thinking about the possibilities. It would be really cool to see a character like Sammy Kerr, like this '80s thrash rock star, just back in you know the year 2021. Yeah. Uh, you know, in an age where you've got your bands like Ice Nine Kills and that, and so horror and supernatural is just kind of you know it's kind of almost a, a bit of a common thread in, yeah. in many parts of the music industry now so it's not so 
dangerous as it once was with the likes of Motley Crue and Guns N' yeah. Roses and that. So it'd be kind of cool to see how Sammy fits into this culture. I mean, wouldn't it be fun to see Sammy like come back in 2021 and just be fucking embraced? Like everyone yeah. loves him. It, no yeah. one's no one's scared of him, but everyone's just like, "Oh my god, I fucking love you!" Like you know, well, it's like it, everyone. We've been through Marilyn Manson being the boogeyman and being yeah. weird and doing crazy shit on stage and all that. Yep. And now everyone's just like, "Oh, rock star back from hell! I fucking love you." Um, yeah, exactly. You know, almost like almost like Lestat in Queen of the Damned. You yes. know, yes, like that kind of thing. I where people, agree more. people might just think it's a gimmick or something. Like, I, yeah. think I, I don't know. I feel like there's potential there to play with, you know? I think so, too. I mean, the closest the closest thing I've kind of seen, uh, another great film from that that period, um, Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. rock and roll film. Um, Eddie, Eddie and the Cruisers number two, where you see yeah, he comes Eddie back, come he back, comes back like, you in know, an Eddie. 80s rock band. Yeah, and Michael yeah. Parry's wearing that terrible mustache for like half yes. the movie, and you just yeah. like, dude, shave it for fuck's sake, come on. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like he's mismatched. He's he's this yeah. classic rock and roller playing in a band with you know the the, the hundred miles an hour guitar shredder. Yeah, you know, yeah, stereotypical yeah. of that time. The yeah. drummer, the you know the barbarian drummer. You know, yeah. it was just like complete mismatch. And I could see something like that with Sammy Kerr. You know, yeah. like this 80s rock god synced up with like maybe all these hardcore kids playing you know yeah um playing gent metal or something i don't know yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah yeah he's got a, a guitarist that's got like a man bun and bluebird tattoos <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly but man it would be sick man because yeah i, I don't know like you, you in an age where today uh halloween and horror is just so brand hoarded out to the masses um you know it's i mean weird it's i i don't look at it like i don't look at it the way it was once upon a time you know it's kind of like that shit's a dime a dozen in my world so i just go yeah cool whereas sammy kerr is like bonafide demonic you know the (laughs) the personification of evil like he is well, man, and there's such a fan base out there because it's like, have you ever read the Hack Slash comics? Yes. Oh, yeah, my God. You, re- you remember when Cassie and Vlad took on, um, I think the band was called like 6-6. Six, six, and it was uh, like, it was such a fucking trick-or-treat knockoff. It was like, it was this band and they made a deal yeah. with the devil and, you know, they were full 80s fucking glam metal and, you know, they like went to hell and all this sort of stuff. And it was just like, there's like, I keep seeing little fucking, you know, okay, obviously you're a trick or treat fan stuff like mm. in pop culture mm. so often. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just like, oh, you know, nostalgia is a big thing. Like, I, I feel like, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I really, I think this movie's fucking great and I really think it deserves another shot. It's like, I agree. For me, it's like, I think the closest we got to what felt like a spiritual kind of sequel to it was Strangeland that D. Snyder did. I would agree. I would definitely and agree. It just, you know, very, very different plots, like very different sort of movies. Like Strangeland is very much a sort of straight down the line kind of slasher, but it's, Strangeland's like trick or treat, man. It's got that metal rock and roll vibe to it. 
It does. Um, more than a lot of other sort of, you know, modern-ish horrors have. So, yeah, I feel, I feel like Strange Land is a whole nother podcast. Uh, I could, I, could I, about I, that forever, I agree. I agree, man. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, Trick or Treat, like, it just, there's just so much potential that it could have been. But I think for the reality of what it was, mm. it, man, it was brilliant. Absolutely oh, brilliant. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Except for the yeah, yeah, the toilet scene. But you know, it's like that's even the toilet scene isn't a movie killer. It's just like No oh, come on, man, not a toilet. <laughs> not a toilet. Like, well, I mean, okay, look We need our rock stars to be kept away from toilets. Nothing yeah. good happens with rock no. stars and toilets. That's never no. a good sign. Like El- I mean, Elvis don't... cursed everyone. <laughs> they they could have like had some, I don't know, bizarre friggin' um chemical sub uh substitute for cocaine, you know. And yeah, uh, you know, had him snort that and just his face just incinerating <laughs> acid burns and shit, you know? Yeah. That would have been cool. Or, you know, even, even like, give the man a bit more dignity. Like, you know, take a spray him with a detachable shower head or a garden hose yeah. or something. Just not a toilet. Like, it yeah, was exactly. So undignified. Well, I mean, the, the fact that his, his character just runs such a strong parallel to Freddy Krueger, uh, you know, which is funny because, I mean, Freddy was all the rage at that time. Like, yeah. I think uh, number three and four were sitting around that time, were they, uh, in 80s? Yeah, I believe. Well, yeah, because well, Trick or Treat was 86, so we would yeah. have been, we would have been just, it would have been, a, um, it would have hit just between uh, Nightmare 2 and Nightmare 3, because I think 3 was 87 and 4 was 88. Right. I think so. So three probably would have been in production around the time that Trick or Treat was, was dropping. Yeah. I, uh, um, I'm just having a quick look. Yeah. So, yeah. El, uh, Elm Street 3 was 87. Number yeah. 2, 85. So, yeah. It was around that time, man. So, at that time, you know, Freddie was really hitting his stride, especially in number 3. Absolutely. Really, really hit the full potential of his character. Yeah. Um, even though I still along with many people believe his dark performance in number one was probably the most definitive of his performances in my oh in yeah my man. Little like, opinion, look, look nightmare nightmare three and four were full mtv freddy like that was i, I feel like nightmare three and four was where freddy just became like the pop culture icon that was when yeah. he was he was halloween costumes he was lunch boxes and everything yeah one and two are where he's at his absolute darkest like i think so too nightmare 2 is such a fucking nasty movie yeah (laughs) it was but then but then when you think about it like number three coming out at 87 it it kind of in some ways was this a bit of a response to trick-or-treat in some way it's so fucking awesome yeah 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 because i mean you had that's that's the thing i mean you know there's a TV death in number three. So, yeah, you know, I know, right? It's, it so, could be yeah, a, a coincidence. I don't know, man. But um, yeah, I mean, look. I, I mean, mean I, I think, look, dude. I honestly think, like, you know, there's probably something to that because knowing what I know of Bob Shea at New Line, like that guy kept very on the pulse of everything right. that was going on in horror. So I would not be surprised if he knew exactly like, oh yeah, okay. So this thing, you know, this thing came out and some people liked it, but it didn't really do that good. I think we could like, you know, 
segue a bit of the stuff, you know, a few of the themes and shit from there over to Nightmare. I'm, look, I could be talking out of my ass, but, you know, like I said, I, I, I from what I know of Bob Shea, like he was very keeping abreast of what was happening with horror at the time. I mean, you know, which is why, like I said, Nightmare 3 and 4, man, they were full MTV Freddy. Like he, that that man knew, like his finger was on the pulse. Like he, he knew his market. Wow, yeah. No, it, it sounds about right. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, looking, getting back to, to Sammy Kerr, like I feel like it's just interesting the way the parallel between him and Freddy Krueger at that time. And I feel mm. like they've just seen, you know, Bob Shea, it, the way you've just explained all that, it, it kind of makes sense in a theoretical yeah. way that he's seen trick or treat, seen the actor and gone, yes, this is where we need to take Freddy next. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, and I mean, dude, even like you even look like years later at, shocker like Wes Craven mm, yes. also did Nightmare on Elm Street there's a lot of stuff in shocker that is kind of feels like it's a little bit recycled or you know remixed rather from trick or treat like you know electrical based villain you know can do stuff with TVs do stuff with stereo equipment etc etc like yeah there's there's a lot of little themes and, and little nods to trick or treat in a lot of things whether they want to admit it or not like, you yeah. just, I don't know, as a fan, you just, you see so many parallels in other stuff. So, and I think, I believe Shocker was another new line job as well. So, well, that's the thing, man. Like the, the great thing about movies like Shocker as well, again, complemented with a fantastic soundtrack. You know? Oh my like, God. The soundtrack for Shocker, dude. Yeah. God, so good. I was actually listening to it the other day. I mean, um, we, we could just do a whole episode just talking about just some of the sick soundtracks that came out. Yeah, I really feel like we should at some point. I, I feel yeah. like there's a, soundtrack, there's a soundtrack episode in our future. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more, man. <laughs> but, like, I mean, be back to that Sammy versus Freddy battle. I mean, because, like, both have similar power sets, really, if you yeah. think about it. And I don't know. And even Sammy has claws. Freddy yeah. has his obvious claws. Um, I don't know. Like, do you sort of have a realistic theory on who'd win such a battle? I, I, yeah, yeah, I don't it's know. It's a tough one, isn't it? I don't know. Because, I mean, I, I just, I don't know who'd win, but I feel like the actual fight and the banter between them would be great because the thing i love about sammy is that he kind of takes himself a bit too seriously um yes. he's kind he's kind of got that pretentious lead singer rock star thing going on you know that's the thing um, and I, I feel like that would be that would be uh and i feel like Achilles would heel. just be mocking him constantly yes. like freddie because you know freddie's just an asshole um, it really is like he's just a wise ass prick yeah, yeah. I just like because you know I love that scene in in Trick or Treat where um, Sammy pops up and he's like you know threatening the best friend into playing the tape at the at the dance, and you know the the best friend's just sitting there like oh my god I love all your albums. <laughs> yes, that like, was awesome. Sammy, shut like, up, shut up. <laughs> that was so it's good, just so great. It's yeah, like, that was great, dude. That was really like, cool. It's just like, come on, Sammy. Like, be a bit nicer to your fans, you jerk. <laughs> I know. And, and it was. It was kind of, again, you know, like, you got to wonder, is that was that a subconscious 
um, twist of character to make him be like that because, I mean, so many rock stars of that time period were exactly like that. Yeah, well, that, that's it, man. Like, it just, it, again, you know, perfectly, like, perfectly pinpoints that that moment in uh, in history and, and, and uh, pop culture, like, you know. But, um, yeah, it's just such a great moment. And I, I just think I know. Like that, a, a, a throwdown between him and Freddie would be hilarious. I, I really feel like it would be so much fun. I think so, too. And I think it, based on what you said and what I'm um, thinking as well, I feel like Freddie would get the upper hand purely because he would find Sammy's weakness and his Achilles heel being his ego. And he yeah. would just play that against him so well. Yeah. In classic Freddie fashion. Like, Sammy would get a couple of, you know, really sweet lightning bolt um, tricks thrown at him, at Freddie, and then Freddie would just deliver some cool one-liner and just bring it down. Well, and I also kind of feel like, um, I mean, for, firstly, it could also go the other way where it could be mm. like the, the Dream Warriors film clip where, like, Freddie, like, you know, Freddie's in a Sammy Kerr film clip and wakes up at the yeah. end. like, oh, my God, who was that guy? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> that would be rad. I, I, I feel yeah. like... If there's a YouTuber out there listening to this podcast that can edit stuff, oh. please do that because uh, that would be absolutely sweet. Um, <laughs> yes, I could agree more. That would be sick. Yeah, that would just be rad. But I don't know, man. I always, I always felt like Freddy is way more powerful than the movies let on because I, I feel like you know Freddy's kind of like in his domain, like in in the dream world. I feel like Freddy's like fairly omniscient. Like mm. you know, I, it's like he could, he can. I kind of feel like, you know, given, given the scope of what his powers are, like what's hinted at, like, not that we ever really see it in the movies because, you know, budget restrictions and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. But Mm -hmm. I just kind of feel like Freddie could do anything. And my theory on Freddie as well, and this is, this is a whole other Nightmare on Elm Street podcast, but um, (laughs) I, I always, I always have this theory that like, and um, it's just the fanboy in me, like connecting the dots. But it's like you know, Freddy dies. There's always a different way to kill Freddy in the movies. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like Freddy can't actually die. He's just fucking with these people and like lulling yeah. them into a false sense of security. Like, oh yeah, this is how you can kill me this time, sure. And he'll just go like kick back and relax, and you know, scare the shit out of some people for a little while before he comes back at full strength and you know, yeah. take someone out. Because yeah, I just feel like you know. Freddy's power set, like when you really think about it, is kind of terrifying. Like he's essentially a god in Dreamland, and it's just kind of like, wow. Like if you kind of take that to its natural conclusion, like mm. the fuck can actually take this dude out? Like, yeah, you know. Whereas Sammy's Sammy's power is demonic, but also he has the power of metal by his side. You know, yeah. So, so this is this is exactly true. So I mean, you know, you get some get some sweet uh like i mean i don't know if god play god if god gave rock and roll to you is playing is sammy kerr unstoppable that's the question <laughs> i yeah i i ponder that question myself because you know you hear the the old phrase rock and roll and uh you know sammy's kind of like the poster child of everything of that period yeah uh to see him go out that way it's like is he really dead you know like well, that's what? the thing. Yeah. It's like, is Sam? I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things with Sammy Kerr. It's like his because it's like his power set, and you know, everything kind of about him is never really fully explored or explained. So no. it's like, well, 
if his music is still out there, because that's never going to go away, is he still, you know, does that fuel him? Is he still... Is he still going on? Like, is he even, you know, is he more powerful? Like, you know, the bigger the audience he's got, does that make his power set, you know, and influence grow? Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's, inter- it's an interesting question to sort of like really think about and, and you know, explore. Like, there's one of two, I would think here, uh, and I can't even believe I just thought of the second one, but the first one I'd be thinking is Tommy Lee could always, you know, with the ma- movie magic these days, the makeup effects, he could pull off a pretty cool Sammy Kerr, I reckon. And oh, man, I'm, I'm deliver a kick-ass Lee. soundtrack. I'm all for Tommy Lee in anything, man. I, love I know, Tommy. right? <laughs> he can do no wrong. But um, I, I don't know if his performance is convincing, but Machine Gun Kelly playing Tommy Lee in the dirt was quite exactly. you know, the standout. Yeah. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly playing Sammy Kerr. I, I mm. yeah, as playing playing Sammy Kerr as Tommy Lee playing Sammy Kerr would be yeah that could be cool. Yeah, because like you know, yeah, man, like I all 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 props to Machine Gun Kelly. Like, dude, he did a great Tommy Lee. In he the dirt. did. Like, he was fucking perfect. Like, man, that whole that whole Tommy Cam moment when they're yeah, on was tour sick, was that just. Was sick. Perfect. It was just like, but where like going now, now this... I know what it's like to live as Tommy Lee for like ten minutes. <laughs> I know, but where where I'm going with this is I don't know. This is this could probably be just a completely bonkers theory, but Tommy Lee has Sammy Kerr, but Machine Gun Kelly has as a, a young enough person influenced by you know discovering the the mystical record that has not been destroyed we, that yeah. we thought was destroyed and bringing back Sammy Kerr and in, in the process getting possessed by the spirit of Sammy Kerr. Dude, oh my God, we must be in sync because I was literally thinking yeah. like something you could do is having Sammy come back and possess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. an upcoming yep. rock star. Like, yep. you know, um, like, which is something like, did you ever see American Satan? Yeah. Andy Biersack. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he, he, um, uh, yeah, I want to say yeah and I want to say nay. No. I'm sort of on the fence with that one. Yeah, because see, I love the soundtrack for American Satan. Soundtrack thought, was killer. I thought the movie was really disappointing. I thought Andy was good in it, but he was good. I really wanted more out of the movie. Like, I really, because man, I went into that movie wanting a trick or treat. Like, I really thought yes. that movie would be. Because I saw the trailers, the whole thing, you know, that whole rock and roll is where God and the devil shake hands fucking tagline. I was like, this is going to be fucking great. Like, this is going to be fucking great. This is going to have, like, the soundtrack's killer. The Mm -hmm. cast look fucking great. And I just kind of got, like, a movie about, like, being a rock star and overdosing at the whiskey. And I'm just like, okay, I didn't really sign up for a Guns N' Roses biopic, but thanks anyway. Um, Yeah, it was a bit like that. But um, I really just thought that that could have had so much potential. And like, you know, if you ever did another trick or treat, like that could be, you know, a way to fulfill that potential, like is to have, you know, Sammy come back and yeah, you've got this band on the rise and, you know, Sammy possesses the guy or is, you know, talking to him through his stereo, like he was with Eddie in the original and, you know, helping this guy 
get where he wants to go and, you know, achieve like the fandom, the record deal, all that, everything. And then, you know, once he does do that, that's kind of the moment where it's like, oh, okay, you've gotten fucking popular and powerful enough with my music and whatever. I can possess yeah. you. And bang, Sammy's back in the world. And you know, you know what would be kind of cool? I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm again, I'm just going bonkers and riffing ideas here. But oh, yeah, I totally. think that's a, that's a great <laughs> idea. I think we're on the same page with potential Sammy Kerr demonic possession. Yes, tick. Um, soundtrack. Let's talk about maybe some of our modern rock stars of this area, like your Spencer from Ice Nine Kills, yeah, Chris man. Motionless, all those guys, but teaming up with various rock st- other um, performers and maybe Fastway covers from the soundtrack. Fuck yes, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you I know, mean, dude, like fucking, something like that. Fucking Judgment Night, that shit, except you've yes! got modern rock stars dude. and classic rock stars. So you've got like fucking. Spencer Charnas and Nikki Six doing fucking exactly. trick or treat. <laughs> like, I'm, like I am a hundred percent here for this. I mean that that would be sick. I mean, in theory, I rule. Practicality, it'd be another story. But I, I don't know. I, th- I think we're under something. I think we've sort of, you know, created a a, a potential um, possibility. Of what could be. Oh, dude, absolutely. And I mean, I think, like, the, the thing is, I think if ever this movie got, like, I mean, I know people have talked about, like, wanting to remake it and stuff. I'm like, no, you no, don't need to remake this. No. This does not need to be remade. This needs a sequel. Like, yes. this needs, this needs you know, a legacy sequel or something yes. like that. Yes. But it's, it's, whoever ever does it if it ever happens it's got to be someone who's like a fan of like both the original film and metal it has to be done right it has to be done with 10 yeah because i mean i don't want to see fucking paramore on the soundtrack okay no nothing nothing against them no i agree i agree but hey look listen i'll tell you what if if Haley wants to impress me sing a fucking rock song yeah yeah you know team up with Team up with Nikki Six and maybe belt out some yeah. rock, you know. Um, I mean, to, to be fair, I heard Miley Cyrus and Billy Idol doing right. a gig the, uh, doing a song the other day, and it was actually pretty fucking good. Cool. Um, and I, I was like, okay, um, I never thought I'd say that Miley Cyrus could do a really good song, but here she is with Billy Idol, and yeah. I'm kind of fucking here for it. Um, that was kind of like my wishful thinking of um, of friggin' Fergie when she did that song with Slash, and I was like, oh, that was just, you just teasing us, because here's this girl with the, the, the total package, the look, the mm. pipes, and... We that's all we got. We just got that one song, and it's like, ah, oh, we could have, oh, she could have done so much more, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, so I, you I, just I have think, to leave it to the what ifs. Yeah, I think Miley Cyrus has done, I think, um, that Metallica cover album that's just mm-hmm. coming out, the Black Album Tribute. Yeah. I know, I know Royal Blood. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a I bunch think of... she's on there doing like Nothing Else Matters. Yeah. Um, Dave Gahan from Depeche Mode, I believe, does "Sad but True." Yeah, yeah, I knew I knew Dave was on there, which was like yeah. him and him and Ghost were pretty much like, okay, I'm probably going to buy this. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I heard something the other day where it was like, you know, oh, Miley Cyrus is on there, or something like that's a mm. weird fucking choice, but okay. Yeah, um, 
but that's the thing, you know, like, again, you know, that, that brings us back to the, the, the Fastway soundtrack. It was kind of a weird stroke of genius of sorts, really. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they could have done, maybe they purposely thought, hey, yeah, we could have probably blown our budget to the next level and gotten, you know, a Kiss song, an Ozzy yeah. Osbourne song, Judas Priest and all that, and had the mother of all soundtracks at, in 1986. Yeah. Or we can do, you know, give a band like Fastway the ultimate opportunity of just creating a soundtrack specific to the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, you know, in, in a way makes sense because the movie is about Sammy Kerr. But I just, I really feel like, especially with, you know, the stuff at the radio station, I really feel like there were a few missed opportunities for some incidental music that was yeah. also of the time. I mean, Absolutely. I guess nowadays, like, if they did it, if, if you did it now, like, you would literally do an American Satan and put together, like, a supergroup sort of band oh. to be the well, band in the movie, you know. Which, but, I mean, it's, hey. it's possible. I mean, look at look at um, Steel Dragon in Rockstar. Exactly, man, yeah. yeah. Dude, how good was that? Blood Pollution. Oh, yeah. oh Blood oh. Pollution is the best song on the soundtrack, dude, yeah. I believe that <laughs> song was written by Twiggy Ramirez as well. I think you could be right there i think he co-wrote it or he wrote it but dude like mm, it it, it yeah. just shows you the possibilities man there, there it, yeah and i'm with you don't do a remake do a, a legacy sequel yeah like, man i i really believe in that like you know they've they've proven they can do it with movies like Candyman, halloween uh, exactly halloween man. you know it's it's there it's there and it's possible because the payoff for that is people will go back and watch the original well exactly the nostalgia. That's, that's the thing that's the thing man and, and again um, that brings us back to scream factory yeah figure out let's see yeah. the remaster release come on that's the thing well i mean you know it would be interesting to see like it would be interesting to see a a, a, a shit hot you know restored blue of this dropped Yep. And see what the numbers were for, like, you know, sales. Because I'm pretty sure they would be surprisingly high. Um, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I want to grab that. Because, I mean, look, not everyone's an insane mutant freak like me who's like, I love this movie. I'm going to spend five hours trawling eBay until I find a copy that I can get. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it's in Germany? Yeah, sure. I'll pay euros for it. Um, you know, not everyone's crazy. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of people who are just like, oh yeah, trick or treat. I really, I, re I kind of remember that from like, you know, video store or that really shitty DVD release that came out in Australia that had a really bizarre cover that had like a burning high school and Gene Simmons head in one corner and Ozzy's head in the other. Yeah. <laughs> like they were the stars of the movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people would probably, you know, just pick it up because it's like, well, this is the only place I can see it. You know, let's mm. let's go for it. But uh, yeah, man, no, I, I really think like, yeah, yeah. I think there's there's, I think there's a, a a way to bring this character back and have it be really interesting. And I mean. You know, shit, man. You could bring fucking Eddie back. You know, like what, 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 what? What's Eddie doing? You know, thirty-five years later. You know, yeah. exactly. I mean, or it's it, not his son. You know, well, that's like, I, dude. I was daughter, literally thinking, you know, like, what if his son is, you know, 
it's 35 years later. What if his son's like 20 something and trying to get a band started and his dad's encouraging him because his dad, like, you know, uh, still loves metal. Machine gun Felicia, uh, machine yeah, gun yeah, fucking yeah, Kelly, yeah. whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all there. Like the possibilities are all there. It just requires the power of belief, man. You yeah, know? Man, like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of love and a lot of money, and uh, it could be a thing. I really believe so, man. And and we could see, um, you know, the the pet, uh, the monster get the treatment it deserves as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like see I that think, bad boy yeah, come man. back, and yeah, um, I don't know. This, yeah, it's one of those things that we just have to ponder and wonder. But at least we have this great film to look back on with a exactly, smile on our doll. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and it is, it is, it is great. It's just such a such an absolute gem of its time. Like it really yeah. is. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Um, well, Jake, I I think uh, I think we've ticked all the boxes on this one, man. We've, yeah, uh, yes, yes, we've covered the ground, man. This is good. Uh, it's it's starting to be a trend where we uh, sit there and. Uh, bullshit ideas of i like it if we were going to resurrect this what would we do well i think it's a good thing i think it's a good thing as as two as two budding writers as we are yeah exactly this is a uh, this is a a good a a good um, thing and an interesting an interesting glimpse for people into the obscure files writers room if we had a writer's room (laughs) oh Kim, if you're listening, (laughs) just putting it out there. (laughs) This is how we work. We just kind of sit around and bullshit and go, oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's probably how they do it in Hollywood too, you know. Yeah, I mean, it all sounds very professional. Like, oh, there's a writer's room and there's probably like a whiteboard with things marked out. It's (laughs) like, no, it's just two assholes sitting around talking shit for a while and going, exactly. if we did this. (laughs) Yeah. And he'll be afterlife or hell wherever he is um jake it's been a freaking absolute pleasure doing this Absolutely, again with you, dude. Man. it's all it's always always a good time man always a good time and i know it's not completely horror related but it kind of is i feel like there, there's a episode on the wraith somewhere in the near distant future <laughs> Fuck yes, there is absolutely, man. I I will talk about the wraith until the cows come home, and then in another my... great another great soundtrack. Man. Exactly, I, and in my and... opinion, the crow before the crow. It really was. I I man, yeah, like uh, yeah, we're we're we're, we're going to talk about that at some point because I really feel like the wraith yeah. took a lot from the comics, which came I did a couple of years earlier. So yes. yeah, it's very. Those two films very much park their car in the same garage, or their, so their ghostly interceptor, as the case may be. I but, think so um, too. Yeah, man. Yeah, no. I, I but, will. I will happily talk about the race. Cool. I can't wait. <laughs> well, till next time. As man, you saw, uh, I just, I just got my VHS copy of it not too long. Like, like I week. saw that. I got excited. I got giddy. I was like, yeah. Bam! Oh um, man, I was, I was tracking that one down for ages because I, I was like, I remember that cover from when I was a kid, and. Uh, Finally so nabbed one. So I'm happy for you, man. It's very, very cool. Well, well, a happy Halloween to you. You too, and, bro. Uh, I will talk to you very, very soon. It's, yes, it's you will, man. Season and absolutely. Um, yeah, next next three days are going to be loads of fun. Oh, aren't they just? <laughs> Till then, my friend. Take care. No worries, well. buddy. Take it easy. Talk Peace soon. out. Bye. Bye.
And that was another awesome episode. I hope you liked that mammoth marathon of an episode. If you haven't seen Trick or Treat, the 1986 classic, not the uh, other Trick or Treat film of the same name in later years, I highly encourage you and urge you, uh, check it out. Uh, I'll post a link to the movie from the YouTube page. I found it on YouTube. There is a, uh, a free link for it. Um, because as we discussed in the episode, uh, there is no DVD in existence. It's out of print. Um, so one can only hope and wish that we will see a remastered version of um, Trick or Treat complete with the soundtrack and perhaps a perspective featuring some of the creators behind the film would be fantastic because there's so much to love about that film so much to love about the characters it really is a movie of its time it really kicked the shit out of a lot of films that were around that same time period um sammy kerr is just in my opinion one of the most underrated horror metal characters in movie history um, I love him up there with Freddy Krueger. Uh, a lot of people will all say, you know, the, the same group of monster-loved characters, but I will always hold Sammy Kerr in high regard. I salute you, Sammy Kerr, with my devil horns raised high, and if I had a vinyl record player, I would play your record backwards, man, in salute to you on Halloween at midnight. So, if you have a record player... Try and find yourself a copy of Fastway's soundtrack for Trick or Treat. Play it backwards at midnight. And please, let Sammy be free. Till then, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to this awesome episode of um, Freaky Flicks. Huge mega thanks to my pal, Jake Reedy, uh, who, once again, an absolute superstar to have on the show. I really enjoy talking with this guy about movies. Uh, It's great. We have a great time. And uh, definitely, definitely more on the horizon. And of course, I will definitely try and uh, speak to some other like-minded individuals as well with uh, other films. So the possibilities are endless, but your support is invaluable. So if you're an absolute legend, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Uh, Tell your friends about it. Leave a review. You know, all those little things. They might not seem like much, but it does help, man, because I don't expect to have thousands of listeners. I'm happy with 10 listeners or whatever it is, man. I'm cool with that. But I feel like we're providing a great service to the public out there of people starved of knowledge of great horror films that need to be seen, right? Even the bad ones. So I promised you we're going to explore them. And we are making our way slowly into those darker waters. And uh, stay tuned. We got some good ones ahead for you. So in the meantime, have yourselves a very happy Halloween. Stay spooky. And remember, Halloween is just not one day of the year. It's not two. Uh, in, in my world, Halloween is every day, man. Be spooky every day. Don't let one day... Uh, dictate to you what that that time should be, what that behavior should be. You want to scare the neighborhood, you scare the neighborhood every single day, damn it. That is the power in you. Until then, guys, keep those horns raised, crank the metal to 111, and uh, long live rock and roll, long live Sammy Kerr, 
I've been Jesse Drackman. You've been amazing. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Freaky Flicks. Till next time, uh, we'll see you when we see you. <laughs> Thank you.